What's up, Tanner J. Man Show Nation? This is Tanner Lee, one half of the Tanner J. Man Show, and on behalf of myself and my co-host, Josh the J-Man Munt, we appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you're a new listener to our podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts at. If that happens to be on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review as that helps us out a bunch. Watch our podcast live every Monday night from 6.30 to 7.30 Eastern Standard Time on the ISC Sports Network. And make sure to give us a like on Facebook and a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Tan and J Man Show. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy some hot takes, topics, picks, and more on a brand new episode of the Tan and J Man Show. We are back with another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show on this beautiful April. What is the date? Is it the 10th? It is 11th. April 11th day here. Lockport, Illinois. Tanner's live from Rochester, Indiana. How you doing out there, T-Dog? Doing pretty good. It's a uh, balming 58 degrees. Actually, it mm-hmm. doesn't feel too bad out, but it's cloudy. One of those overcast days, yeah. so it's not the nicest day out, but feeling good. I still have yet to hit a single golf ball this year, J-Man. I was- I was literally just about to ask if you've been able to hit the links here. Of course, it's been kind of terrible weather on weekends, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, it feels like even the weeks that are decent, the weekend comes and it's cold or it's rainy. Yeah, and, I mean, I got this brand new this putter too. Brand new putter for Christmas. I've yet to hit a single putt with it, so I'm getting very anxious. I think it's supposed to be high 60s tomorrow and Wednesday, so yep. hopefully I can get out a little bit because uh, the, itch, the itch is real, especially after watching the Masters over the weekend. Oh, I bet. You probably have golf leagues starting here pretty soon, too, don't It will you? be uh, about a month from now. Yep, kind of gotcha. mid-ish, early May. So yeah, we'll uh, and got some uh, work scrambles coming up next month. So got to got to get it going. Got to got to get your game in that uh, mid seventies, like usually. Oh, uh... uh, not last year. <laughs> Handicap just keeps going up and up. But uh, how about yourself? I mean, I know you're not a golfer, but any any slow pitch softball or anything going on this spring haven't, or summer for you? Haven't really looked into it. That's a really good idea though, because I, uh, me and my fiance desperately need to make friends here. Um, yep. but, uh, yeah, slow pitch softball. I'm going to have to look into that. That's pretty yes. fun. I had a good time playing slow pitch softball in Iowa. I was in a few leagues. Uh, it was really fun. Good deal. Good deal. looks like we are live on the ISC sports network, of course, and on their Twitter, but I'm not seeing it on Facebook as mm. of now. So just to let everybody know that might be, well, I guess if they're looking for it on Facebook, they're not going to hear this. So <laughs> that was kind of pointless but you got some birdie bogey for me i do that is one thing i do have let me get the banner up here got a baseball one for you and we are tied we are both three over par on the year for birdie birdie or bogey went back last week and checked um all of the birdie bogeys from the year to date so we are tied baseball um three guys Mm -hmm. in mlb history have hit eight homers on opening day eight one of those frank robinson okay the other two have played in our lifetime who are those two on opening day that's a really good question um i have a couple guesses um are i can't imagine they're active players you probably don't want to give me that um maybe maybe not maybe that doesn't help me at all i know well get one (laughs) one one gets you a par two gets you a birdie Zero gets you a bogey. Birdie Bogey brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Get your veggies. Getting closer and closer. 
Veggie season is almost here. Yep. yep. I don't think the trees are budding yet, but it's got to be getting pretty close to that uh, to that time of year. Um, we won't start with some college basketball, just to kind of recap a little bit the uh, national championship game, which for some reason that game last Monday feels like it was two years ago. Does doesn't it? Uh, I, I don't know why kind that of is. The, kind of the reason every year mm-hmm. after you know it's on a Monday, it's late at night, and then. I don't know if it's, it, and now with the transfer portal and NIL, how it is, it just mm-hmm. seems like there's action going on every day. So. It's, it's always coincides with um, major league baseball starting. So that's kind of where my sole focus is. And then of course the masters was this weekend. Um, it usually is right around that time. So I think we just get caught up in those and we don't realize that, man, that was only seven days ago that that game was played. Yeah. Um, I, I know you didn't watch a whole lot. If any, I watched you? the final, I think it was 30 or 35 seconds. Mm-hmm. So that was the entirety of the yeah. NCAA tournament I watched after Purdue lost to St. Peter's. <laughs> it was that final. It sounds like me last year when Illinois <laughs> lost to Loyola. We're not um, the best losers, Jay, man. We're kind of sore losers. Yeah, when uh, my team loses and their season's over, I don't really want to watch any other. This this year was a lot easier for me than last sure. year. Um, but, yeah, your position there losing to a 15 seed in the Sweet 16, that kind of – would sour you on watching any of it. But uh, national championship game was really good. North Carolina got up. I think it was – I don't know what they actually got up in the first half. They were up 15 or so at halftime. I think half 16 time. was the most they the were ahead of during okay. the game, yeah. Yeah, they were up 15 at half, I know. But you could just tell within the first minute or two in the second half that Kansas was going to make it a game because I think they cut it to eight real quick. Um, they just played harder. And I do think North Carolina kind of ran out of steam a little bit. I mean, they exerted so much energy um, previous two weeks, uh, just even in the uh, ACC tournament, that they just kind of ran out of gas. And Kansas was the better team. Um, they played real rough there the first half, but they uh, found a way to get it done. And it became one of the, I don't know if we'd call it a classic game, but it, it was a pretty dang good one. Usually when Carolina is involved in the championship, even though it annoys me, it's it's a pretty good game. Yeah, unless um, they play Michigan State. Yeah, that well, that was <laughs> still that Michigan. Yeah, that was back yeah. in what oh nine in Detroit. Yeah, that was uh, in Michigan too. Yeah. Yep, Hansborough's last game as a Tar Heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, Kansas was an interesting team this year. They were always pretty solid. They were one of the four number one seeds, but mm-hmm. it seemed like nobody really took them for real for whatever right. reason that was. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what the reasoning is. Maybe it's because Baylor won it last year and they got the other number one seed. Um, and uh, we had even said that for weeks coming up to the NCAA tournament. It just feels like um, Kansas is so underrated that no one was talking about them. And they were you know, one of the top four teams in college basketball. Um, and then, of course, they get um, an easy – easier draw to the final four when they had their two seed lose Auburn, their three seed lose Wisconsin, which been on record saying Wisconsin was no better than a seven seed this year, but they got a three. Um, They even had Iowa who was rolling in a real sexy pick for the final four. They lose to Richmond in the first round. Um, I think they, they did have to play the four seed Providence in the sweet 16. Mm -hmm. Uh, But other than that, they got, of course they played the 16 seed. Um, and then they got Creighton in the round of 32. They got a 10 seed Miami in the elite eight who, who they were down um, to a half. Yes. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who they were down to. And they just whooped them in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course they played a really good Nova team, uh, but an undermatched Nova team, especially with their, one of their better players blown out is 
Achilles in the Elite Eight. Uh, so they had a pretty, I, I mean, it, it seems like it happens a lot where the run kind of sets up perfectly for the team that ends up winning it. And it set up really well for Kansas, not to take anything away from them because they were a one seed and they uh, found a way to get it done. But getting to play, you know, an eight seed in the national championship game is awfully fortunate. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. But, it, you know, it didn't even strike me until about last Tuesday or Wednesday when I was thinking about it. I'm like, wow, the Big 12s had back-to-back national champions. Yeah. I mean, is the Big the Big 12 was a pretty good basketball conference mm-hmm. all year long. I feel like it still doesn't get the credit it deserves. It's always doesn't. Big 10 and ACC. Yeah, which is crazy because the Big 10 doesn't do anything in the NCAA tournament. No. And, and, and um, I want to give kudos to you. I was going back today and updating our bull predictions and highlighting the ones we've got wrong and red. You were correct in, in stating that no Big 10 team would get past the Sweet 16. I was. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Pat a pat on the back for me. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of you, you needed it because you were yeah, I was you've missed quite a bit already. Um, so yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, good. um I, I I don't know why the Big 12 isn't mentioned, but um they I mean Kansas obviously has been good forever. Uh Baylor's come on the last five or six years and become this power Big 12 uh, team. They even had good years from like Iowa State. Over the past couple of years, West Virginia, uh, that's West probably about a decade ago now, but yeah, well, even just probably three years ago, I would say West Virginia got like a two seed, I think in the NCAA tournament, they were really good one year. Oklahoma, Oklahoma state have had um, years. So. Yep. They've, they've had good years. Um, even, even Kansas state when, uh, with like Michael Beasley and yep. those guys, they were pretty good. And even Bruce had some pretty good teams there. Yep. Um, so, I mean, they have some programs there that are good and of course texas we didn't even tc i mean jamie dixon's doing um, pretty good yeah, TCU, doing really so, well yeah. at tcu I mean, it's, it's a pretty good conference um, it's a really good basketball conference and uh, now texas and oklahoma are of course leaving but they get houston who's good yeah. at basketball and they get yes. um aren't they getting, they cincinnati? getting cincinnati i think they are getting cincinnati in a couple is there four teams joining that conference um will kansas jump ship though I don't know where they go. Um, I think the Big Ten makes a ton of sense. They're also getting BYU and UCF, so that's going to be a really good basketball conference. Yeah. Um, does Kansas want to uh, I, be in the same conference with a BYU or Central Florida? That's almost like the American Athletic um, in a sense. Kansas could just – I mean, they'll win the Big 12 every year. Them and Baylor would be right up there. Um Kansas provides no value for football. That's exactly the problem because Mm -hmm. even though, I mean, join them in the big 10, it'd be just a super league for basketball, but I don't, I mean, you know, they got Rutgers and Rutgers was bad at everything at the time, just Mm -hmm. because of the TV market, but Kansas doesn't provide you a TV market. Doesn't provide any sort of TV market. And you already have that market in Nebraska there anyway, um, in the Plains States. Um, So that, I mean, they, it would literally just be we're paying yeah. for, for your basketball. That right. that would literally be it. Right. So I don't know. I that's that's a good question. I mean, heck, even the Big Twelve, it's not gonna it's I mean, of course they're gonna take a huge hit in football with losing mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Texas, but even those programs they're adding are pretty decent in football. Yeah. I mean Cincinnati UCF, was Cincinnati playoff team last year. UCF likes to call themselves national champions mm-hmm. a handful of years ago. Houston's B- had BYU, good programs. BYU's pretty solid usually, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. That's super interesting. Um, I'd love what, to see Gonzaga join a conference. 
There's been t- are there've been rumors that maybe the Big East because none of those schools have football. <laughs> which uh, just makes know, me laugh, and I know makes zero ge- sense. Geography doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, but are you kidding me? The Big East? I mean, a team <laughs> they from would have what, to, Spokane, yeah. Washington, to the Big East. It, it would be a major test because they would literally have to fly it, which they probably have to fly everywhere now. Right. But but you're talking at least a two hour time change each time you're flying. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It, I mean that that would be um massive for them and you know mark few has never really shied away from competition that's why he loads up his non-con so he has to for one it'd make more um, sense for them to go to the pac 12 yeah but again they don't have a football program well, that's true that's um, true no d1 football program anyway i don't know that's if they have true a, yeah and the big east is a um, yeah pretty much all basketball conference maybe in same with mountain west too like they have a lot of good football programs there gonzaga doesn't have one yeah um that yeah. that would be the the real only reason why they'd go to the Big East. Like that's the only fit in a sense, unless some conference is okay with not having any sort of football revenue from them. Right. So when you go back, I guess Illinois fandom put aside, what will you remember most about the 2021-2022 basketball season? College basketball season. Um, college basketball season as a whole. Yeah. Um, obviously or anything. it was coach K's last year that got the head. Was it really? I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a whole, man, it's tough because I don't really care outside of Illinois. I know. I know. Um, it's really tough. Obviously the NCAA tournament's going to be remembered for St. Peter's getting to the elite eight. Unfortunately. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll be remembered more than Kansas will for winning the whole thing. Um, and now yeah, St. Peter's right. Re- St. Peter's roster is just gone. <laughs> the coach is gone. Um, every player's transferring, it seems they like. Finally, I think I got a coach hired today, Wagner's mm. coach. He's going okay. to St. Peter's, yeah. Which, I mean, that's a basketball budget of, what, $1.5 million. They play in a high school gym, essentially. Uh, so good luck winning there. I mean, that means Shaheen Holloway did an unbelievable job to even get him to the tournament and then obviously do what they, they did. But They were saying today that it was a known fact behind closed doors. He was getting that job before they beat Kentucky. Really? Yeah. So I mean, and the thing I didn't realize he he was an assistant there and one of their top recruiters for right four or five years before he took right the St. Peter's job. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, and I'm I'm sure the players knew that too. So they kind of wanted one last hurrah, and man, did they uh, make the most of it for sure. And I agree with the things you said. I think the other things I'm going to remember is just back to more normalcy this year. Mm -hmm. Actually, having a non bubbled. Uh, NCAA tournament having mm-hmm. fans. Um, also, the NIL, the first year of the NIL, mm-hmm. just seeing players sure. get deals. The transfer portal, the first year of the portal without sitting mm-hmm. out. If you're, if, you're, if you're not a grad transfer, you don't have to sit out now when you transfer. So just things like that, that's going to be the new norm mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah, um, I didn't even think about those. Um, but, yeah, as far as fans go, I, we kind of got used to there not being fans last year. Um, but now then, I can't go back and watch highlights from when there there's wasn't. no way. Yeah. Like, it, like it almost yeah, gives I've me anxiety. Tried. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so quiet. And like, I've, I've gone back and watched highlights of Illinois games, like middle of January last year. And it's just like, how did they like, how, like Illinois won in Cameron indoor last year. And it's just quiet. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest, strangest thing. And we were just kind of that that was kind of the normal then. We were just glad really, to have sports on. Yeah, something exactly. to talk about, something to watch. But it's like credit to those players and coaches. I don't know how you get mm-hmm. yourself pumped up. I guess just because that's all they had 
was to go play. Yeah. Besides that, I mean, their world was yeah, upside I mean, down. They bubbled their team as much as possible, so this was their only time to get out, probably yeah, too. True, true. Um, and go play basketball and see other people besides their teammates and coaches. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That that I mean, yeah, players players can get pumped up, but uh, nothing like I'm I'm sure that first game this year, the nerves were off the charts. Um, yep, just having full arenas there. So, yep, yep. It was nice to see back, and uh, I mean. Basketball season will be here before we know it. Oh yeah, and there's really Always no off, there's really no off season with college basketball. Not either. anymore. It feels like transfer portal and all that. Over what is it like twelve hundred players now are in the yeah. portal. And, and you know we've seen more and more, especially around the Big Ten, enter their name in the NBA draft while keeping mm-hmm. their eligibility to come back to college open. Uh, it's really interesting what's going to happen next yeah. few weeks. I saw there was a surprise. Uh, guy who put his name in transfer portal it was uh smu's best player who won um aac player at the year today he's he put his name into the draft but he also put his name in the transfer portal which is exactly what kofi coburn did last year and then he obviously mm-hmm. uh came back um and i think we'll see that more and more too especially uh schools like i mean as um, the aac is a really good basketball conference uh, but you especially see guys like man i can make a ton of money if i go up a level Right. Um, I almost feel bad for the low and mid majors because their rosters just gutted at the end of the year. Um, which well, kind of like, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, my point it's kind of like we talked about when we uh, start talking about the NIL. I think before college basketball started, it's like we'll probably never see a Steph Curry like player at Davidson ever again. Ever, unless they do it their freshman year, and then he done. gets them on a run in the NCAA tournament and wants to come back to college. He's going up a level. Absolutely. Get more, more money. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, and I mean, that's just the nature of it. It's free agency, but it is. I don't like it, but it's not going anywhere. At the same time, though, coaches are allowed to do it. So why can't players? You You're know? right. You're right. And, yeah. and I think there should have always been a outlier for that situation. Mm-hmm. But I don't like how, what it's turning into. I mean, it's supposed to be the players supposed to benefit from their name, image, and likeness mm-hmm. from their brand. It's not, we're going to try to get you a, mil, a million dollars yeah. to stay on campus or to come to our school, $8 million to come throw a football, AKA yep. Tennessee. I, that's not what it's, I mean, the NCA or somebody needs to step in and put some parameters on this. Cause it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's already getting worse. I know. And uh, there's, there's zero leadership at the NCAA, and if there is leadership, they're all corrupt anyway. So nothing's going to change. That's true. Um, I'm I'm glad the NIL is there. I think it really helps, and I think players absolutely should be able to make money off their name, image, sure. and likeness. I mean, it's hundred years coming, really. That sure. it, it should have happened a long time ago because um, they've made those schools so much money. Uh, but yes, to to your point. Um, it does seem a little wrong that a school is like, we're promising you $4 million if you come to our school. That's, that, that just seems illegal to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just doesn't, doesn't sit right with me. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. And, you know, if they, if they get a sponsorship from a business or something, great. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's helping them out and helping the business out. But it's, there's some lines already being drawn. I'm like, how is that yeah. legal? Um, Really, it's not. But. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are still working the system, too. Sure, um, sure. That I think teams could still be put on, like, probation, have the hammer dropped on them yeah. um, for doing CD NIL deals, in a sense. Yep. So. The, the, the compliance is going to have to get more strict mm. or, or a better, clear understanding on yeah. that. But um, 
I will say that uh, um, I lost my train of thought. It was around the NIL, but I lost my train of thought. I had a good there. one in my mind early. <laughs> we were talking, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll wait for it, but I'm uh, it'll come back to me probably mm-hmm. when we move on to our next topic. But, uh, um, yeah, the Big Ten's been – had a lot of names in her portal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the Tree Jackson Davis for Indiana is not in the portal, but he's one of those names that put his name in the draft, but leaving it open – the door open to come back to Indiana possibly. Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense. You, you lose nothing by doing that. Um, as long as it's not his third time doing it, which I think it's a second time doing it. I think so. Um, so yeah, he, he, he can come back easily. And I think he ultimately will. Cause um, I, he, he might get a two way deal in the N- NBA. Um, he could probably make more money at Indiana than what that would pay out to. Plus again, he uh, he's a great athlete, long. Um, not sure there's a fit for him in the NBA, especially he's six nine, six ten. Um, you got to be able to shoot the ball, and he just he can't outside of. I, I, I'm sure he can. He just refuses to. If if um, he's on the bubble of getting drafted, you think he should go? Because if he waits another year, he's another year older. And and that's the thing. And I think a lot of these guys really want to go pro, and a lot of them just want to bet on themselves anyway. Yeah. Uh, which he he could probably get a really good deal overseas, and who knows, maybe he can get an NBA contract. Um, but it does make it more interesting with the NIL. I think a lot of those guys could think, man, maybe I should come back and make some pretty right. good cash uh, in college. But I think he'll ultimately be back. No inside info. People know obviously more than I do, but uh, I think he'll be back. Uh, and I remember what I was going to say now. Um, now with NIL and, and everything in the portal all mixed in, you're seeing more players probably choose a school that's not necessarily the right fit for mm-hmm. them, but the school that can make them the most money. Yep, absolutely. Um, Brad Underwood actually said it. He said the um, when he's talking to a, a recruit and the first thing they bring up is the NIL, I will hang the phone up on them. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to hear about it. I want to have guys that want to come in here and win, not care about how much money they're going to make. Um, so I, I assume, I, I know there's some coaches that probably that's their recruiting pitches, NIL, 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 and it makes sense. And I'm sure Underwood's huge pitch is also NIL, uh, but he wants guys to have their priorities straight where they want to come in and compete and win right away. Um, right. So, and yeah. Right, and I think there, there's definitely coaches like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Purdue's going after a guy who's a lot of people until, well, this SMU guy probably just changed that, but a lot of people have this guy at, towards the top of the transfer portal players. That's Nigel Pack mm-hmm. from Kansas State. And, uh, you know, that's definitely a, more of a fit at Purdue than it is NIL because not a lot of Purdue guys are taking advantage of the NIL, it seems. Hmm. Um, I think Purdue's a little behind, to be honest, on the NIL, and it's kind of concerning. But – He's narrowed his list down to Purdue, where he visited uh, late last week, Miami, Florida, where he visited over the weekend. And he's got one more visit up to Ohio State. Hmm. On his list originally was Gonzaga and Arizona, but he cut them from the list. And that surprised me because I'm like, he could probably get more NIL from those schools and more national pub. But maybe he's one of those outliers that's still trying to find the right fit for him with keeping his NBA dream in mind. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's still I, a couple out there, but and I'm I, I'm sure some kids yeah, absolutely want to go in, and they're just they're work they're gonna make money regardless. So I want to come in. 
more exposure you have in the NCAA tournament, the better it is for you. 100%. Uh, so, like, there's a guy, Brandon Murray, and I'm going to sound like a salty Illinois guy or <laughs> Illinois fan here, but Brandon Murray transferred from LSU. His list was down to Illinois, Tennessee, and Georgetown. And he visited oh, Illinois today, yeah. over the weekend, and he chose Georgetown today. Um, now, Georgetown did hire – uh, former LSU assistant, I think his name's Kevin Nickelberry or something like that, who was his main recruiter. So that I'm sure had some influence, but you're going to walk onto a team or go to a team that went 0-18 in Big Ten or Big East play last mm-hmm. year instead of going to a team nope. like Tennessee, who's been perennially a top three or four seed here the past few years. Illinois has been the best team in the Big Ten uh, the past three years record-wise. Uh, so you're going to go in to – Georgetown, where I'm not sure the NIL potential is nearly as high as it would be, especially at Tennessee, where they're just paying guys out the wazoo. Um, and I think the NIL potential at Illinois is really high as well. Right. Um, to go to Georgetown, where you're probably not going to get nearly as much publicity, um, money, and you're not going to win. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Patrick Ewing should have been canned last year or this season. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting, and you wonder what's going on. Uh, and some of these guys' heads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 eighteen to twenty-two year olds, sometimes mm-hmm. a little older, making decisions, and uh, you just hope they're making decisions for them for the right reasons, right? And not not for the wrong reasons. So it's interesting. Yeah, it really is. It's interesting. I mean, I'm sure Big Ten. You know, we've seen more and more players from schools put their name in the portal, mm-hmm. and some Big Ten schools. Not too many Big Ten schools really have got additions yet, though. No. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. We've seen definitely some losses, but uh I haven't heard of really any top transfers commit to Big Ten schools yet. Mm-mm. That I can think Not of. Not that I can think of. Yeah. Top of my head. So I did there's an interesting one. Um well former Purdue player now, Isaiah Thompson, came out with his list, final list of five schools, and they're all small mid majors, and then there's Minnesota. Yeah. Thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. I like guess Minnesota, Loyola, Marymount, Grand Canyon. Um, I don't recall the others off the top of my head. He needs to drop down a level. Yeah, I think Grand Canyon would be a good fit. Yeah, I mean, Grand, Grand Canyon would but, be fun too. Uh, which it kind of, was he recruited by uh, Xavier um, out of high school? He seems like the player that would have been, but I don't know that for sure. Because Ben Johnson was a Xavier assistant. Um, okay. He's obviously at Minnesota now, so that that might be the connection there. I'm not Could sure be. if he was or not. Oh, I'm already um, convinced he's going to Minnesota and dropping 30 on Purdue next year. I don't think he's capable of dropping 30 on anyone. Oh, oh, oh if there's one game, it will be Purdue. It just uh, <laughs> that stuff happens to Purdue. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> hey, I think I think his career high was like 18 against Iowa this year. So, uh, yeah, a little ways from 30, but yeah. it'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not. I'm. I, you know, I'm. I'm not the biggest fan of the portal, but it's not going anywhere. So we got to get used to it. And in the COVID year stuff, I, I can't wait till we're done talking yep. about the COVID year. Cause it's, it's very confusing. Um, I'm not yeah, a fan I saw of it. So. A um, Florida player, Colin Castleton, who used to play for Michigan, started his career at Michigan. He's coming back for a sixth year. Uh, he's using his COVID year uh, average, I think close to 17 points a game for Florida last year. So that's obviously huge for them. Uh, but man, I mean, how long, can a guy playing? I mean, Jalen Coleman lands who started his career at Illinois played there two years, terrible teams at Illinois, terrible teams in his two years at DePaul. He went to Iowa state last season, uh, 2021. They went 
they, they won two games, literally two games the entire year. Transfers to Kansas wins the national championship. <laughs> he, got <laughs> <laughs> he got his ring. He got his ring. It was a uh, it was quite the journey for old Jalen Coleman lands. But uh, yeah, that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, Purdue has a linebacker this year that I think he'll start for him. He's going to his seventh year <laughs> because he, <laughs> he was a Daryl Hazel signee, Josh. <clears throat> Man, he was crazy. either on campus 2015, if not 15, it was 16. That's incredible. I mean, he's had uh, this is his COVID year. Last year, he got injured in camp for the year. Um, that's how he kind of got one more year, or maybe last year was his COVID year, and the NCAA gave him one more medical year. I don't know. Somehow he's had retro years, medical years, COVID years. He's playing his seventh year. This is coming um, fall, so it's it's incredible. I mean, I mean, think how much older he is than incoming <clears throat> freshman. Could you imagine being 25 years old and hanging out with 18-year-olds? Heck, I'm I'm 30, and I can't imagine myself hanging out with 25-year-olds. Well, I, I had and a college roommate do difference. that, Josh. So. Yeah, you did have a college roommate do that. <laughs> and he, he somehow enjoyed our company. I don't, I don't yes, get he that. Did. Yes, he did. <laughs> we think, anyway. I think he was just there because he had no other friends. But uh, that's what I'm saying. But no, I I could not to answer your question. That would be be very difficult. But um, yep. yeah, even though I'm happy, like it'll it should benefit Purdue football with their mm-hmm. quarterback come back for sixth year. I'm still not in favor of the rule. So. No, and I and I think I said this last week. I think a lot of coaches are kind of okay with it going away as well. Yeah, yep. just it, it just creates a hassle numbers wise. Yep, especially so. Hundred percent. So, any more? Basketball talk before we. Uh, I was not expecting to uh, talk for thirty minutes about college basketball, but here we are. <laughs> hey, we needed to fill in some time yep. tonight, so yep. it's the it's the spring season's upon us. This is when we have to ramp yes, a little sir. bit. Uh, this episode is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitow, focused on freshness and quality. You can wash down their delicious beers with one or their delicious food with one of their 16 beers on tap including a constant rotation of today's best micro brews and domestic flavors or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients taking the fantastic views of lake manitow and their beer garden or outdoor bar area whether it be boats or wheels the damn landing is the place to be located at 1305 ewing road in rochester yeah i'm pretty hungry i haven't ate dinner yet um pretty hungry myself that sounds pretty darn good i'm not gonna lie not gonna, it always sounds good every week, but uh, are are they open on Mondays? Uh, they, they were close there for a while. I'm not sure. I think they are. I can't say <laughs> go go there very often on Mondays. Um, it's hard. A damn telling in this a damn small, pizza sounds pretty dang good. Yes, it does. Uh, it's hard telling in the small town of Rochester about population around seven thousand. What's open on Mondays and what's not? More things than not are closed. <laughs> That's a good point. Kind of frustrating. Yep. So, uh, you want to talk some uh, masters? Yeah, let me do the on this day real quick uh, before we oh, get in there, okay. since that has a lot of masters uh, related items in it today. Um, let's go back here. Um, okay, on this day in 1961. Who won the NBA NBA's fifteenth championship? Sixty one. Yep. I am going to go the Boston Celtics. You are right. They beat the St. Louis Hawks four games to one. It's a pretty pretty good guess to pick yeah. the Celtics in the sixties. So. Yeah, it is. 
Uh, on this day, 1962, New York Mets debuted in a losing effort. Doesn't say who they played, but uh, they're st- they're still losing uh, fifty or sixty years later. On this day, 1963, Milwaukee Braves future baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Warren Spahn beat the New York Mets six to one for his 328th win, most by a left-hander in MLB history. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's a lot of wins. <laughs> On this day, 1965, who won the 29th Masters Tournament? 65, I'm going to go uh, Arnold Palmer. Good guess. He and Gary Player were actually runner-up by nine strokes to Mr. Jack Nicholas, who won his second nine of six strokes. Masters titles. 17 nine under, strokes. 17 won. under par. Uh, which used to be a Masters record for four days, but Dustin Johnson now has that. On this day, 1966, who won the 30th Masters Tournament? I'm going to go with Arnold Palmer. Should have went with Jack again. Jack oh, man. The first back-to-back champion, win an 18-hole Monday playoff with Tommy Jacobs and Gay Brewer. On this day in uh, 1971, who won the 35th Masters Tournament? 71, I'm going to go with Arnold Palmer. <laughs> No, it was a guy named Charles Cootie. He won his only major title by two strokes ahead of runners-up Johnny Miller and Jack Nicholas. Never heard of him, to be honest. I haven't either. On this day, 1975, Hank Aaron returned to County Stadium as a Milwaukee player after his off-season trade from the Atlanta Braves. The Brewers beat uh, the Braves 6-2. to two. And that is funny because it doesn't say the Brewers beat the Braves, but I knew that. It says the Brewers beat Cleveland Indians six to two. <laughs> it's not correct there. <clears throat> On this day in nineteen seventy six, who won the fortieth Masters tournament? Seventy six. I'm gonna go with Jack. No. Say, <laughs> so gotcha. I'm tricking you now. Raymond Floyd won his only Masters title, eight strokes ahead of runner-up Ben Crenshaw. He's my second guess. All right. Few more masters here on this day, nineteen eighty-two. Who won the forty-sixth Masters tournament? Eighty-two. I'm gonna go with the Jack. Good guess, but no, it's the Walrus. Craig Stadler won his only major title oh, by defeating Don Pohl on the first hole of a sudden death playoff. Oh, Craig! I usually um, golf a golf course up in uh, up in Michigan called Polecat, and Don Dan Pohl is the owner of that course. Hmm. You ever met him? Um. I've seen him there. Um, I have not talked to him. My dad has, though. On this day, 1983, the 47th Masters was held. Who won that one? 83? Uh, that's got to be Jack. That's got to be wrong. Uh, Seve Ballesteros of Spain won his second Masters and third major title, four strokes ahead of Ben Crenshaw and Tom Kite. It was a mo- Monday finish because of a torrential rain. Mm. Uh, let's see here. Uh, was day 1993 who won the 57th Masters Tournament? 93. Yep. That's got to be Tom Watson. Good guess. Bernard Lawner, who still plays on the senior tour and plays at the Masters every year. He won his second green jacket by four strokes over Chip Beck. Getting winding down here on this day, 1999, who won the 63rd edition of the Masters Tournament? Tiger Woods. Really good guess. Tiger was 97. Uh, Jose Marie Albathabal of Spain won his second Masters, Masters title, two strokes ahead of Davis Love III and three ahead of Greg Norman. I have never heard that name ever, and he won two <laughs> Masters. Yes. All right. Uh, we got 
how many more Masters? We got three more. Three more to go. All right. On get the one state, of these. Yes. On the state, 2004, who won the 68th Masters tournament? Is that Phil? It was Phil Mickelson. Yes. claimed his first Majors title with a birdie on the final hole to win by one stroke over Ernie Els. On the state, 2010, who won the 74th Masters tournament? 2010. Um... 2010. I have. I don't even have a guess. Throw a name out. 2000. I'm trying to think. Sergio didn't win till like 2016 or something Correct. like that. Um, none of the young guys were obviously on tour then. Who in the world? I wasn't Tiger. Um, I don't know. I don't have. A, I don't even have a name. Phil Mickelson. Oh, shoot. On his third green jacket by three strokes over Lee Westwood. And lastly, who won on this day last year, 2021, who won the 85th Masters Tournament? Oh, crap. Um, (laughs) Shoot. It was not, oh, crap, we're shooting. Oh, I know this, too. I watched it. Um, He he won over Will Zalatoris by a stroke last year. That doesn't help me. I know it doesn't, but I'm throwing it out there. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I don't remember. Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, I wouldn't have guessed him. Who did make the cut this year, but he wasn't in contention. I'm telling you what, man. When's the last? I think it's got to be the first time ever I've booked Rory and he's finished in the top two. That was his best ma- Masters finish ever. Second. So, all, be- but yeah, all because think- of me. I'll talk about Rory here in a minute, but I want to let everybody know that the On This Day segment is brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated custom woodcraft shop based on North Carolina, North Carolina with Indiana grass roots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs. From signs to growth charts, their custom pieces make a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. See some of their recently completed projects. Visit their Instagram page at Mooney Woodcrafts or their Facebook page. And for orders, contact them at MooneyWoodcrafts at gmail.com. And like always, I'm showing off our Tin and J-Man show logo sign from Mooney Woodcrafts. I would like to see him make one of those, like in person to see how he does it. He uh, sent me some Snapchats of like progress over time. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's he works on some really difficult designs. <clears throat> yes, the Masters came to a close yesterday. Scotty Scheffler, the 25-year-old, became the uh, third 20 player 25 and under to win their first uh, major being the Masters. Well, see, joining the guy, Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth. See the guy last week you were talking about j- just like a few weeks ago, he was – whatever in the world. And then he won like three tournaments. He shot up to number one. Yeah. He, um, I mean, he was well ranked in the world. He was a Ryder cupper last year, but mm. coming into this season, he had never won. And since middle of February, he's now won four times. It's insane. Including, including a including world the, golf yeah, championship in the masters. Um, it just shows you sometimes all a guy needs is that one win mm-hmm. to break through. And then they're on fire. And I mean, he made he, he didn't even make it real interesting yesterday. I mean, some guys would get within three or two, like Cameron Smith, and then he'd stuff one close, make a birdie. I mean, he just wasn't really making mistakes all week long until his highest score on a hole was hole 18 yesterday. He took a mm-hmm. six, which is a double bogey. He four-putted, but he was up five strokes going into the hole. He still won by three strokes yeah. over Rory McIlroy. So, I mean, Scotty. Scotty's a stud, man. I mean, he's only he doesn't look like he's 25. He looks like he's in his 30s. Yeah, he's 25 years older. Um, and I couldn't believe the day when the odds came out for next month's PGA championship 
John Rahm's the favorite. Scotty Scheffler's yeah. tied with Roy McIlroy for second. Huh? Yeah, that just blew me. I'm like, how? Rom <laughs> how, how can you? I mean, yeah, Rom didn't play well either. No, he made the cut, but he did not play well at all. Um, I just, I'm like, how can that guy not be the favorite? But yeah. uh, Scotty Scheffler was, I mean, from Friday afternoon on, he was, he was just nails all weekend mm-hmm. long. And uh, Roy made a run. I mean, Roy shot 64 yesterday. He was phenomenal yesterday. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a cooler scene on the 18th hole from a non-winning player than when he holds it from the bunker for birdie. I mean, the place go nuts. And his playing partner, Colin Morikawa, same bunker, holds it oh, for birdie. That's Unbelievable. Cool. Unbelievable. That's really cool. and, and that got Morikawa into the top 10 as well. So, um, and, and it was cool. They were both cheering each other on. And, and it was nice to see Roy finally play well on the weekend at Augusta. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he'd like to have his round back on Thursday. But, um, I mean, he proves himself he can do it. I mean, he's he, going to keep knocking yeah. on that door. He and the J man's time is coming. It's coming. I, uh, you know, coming. I had the tweet ready, like, but then he had such a good effort yesterday. I'm like, I got to put that tweet back in the holster because it's, it's like, it's not like he didn't show up. He showed right. up in a big way. So, uh, but uh, fun masters. I know a lot of people thought it was boring, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I always like it to get a little closer on the back nine on Sunday. You know, the old wise tale, the masters doesn't start till the back nine on Sunday. Mm. Cause that's usually when fireworks happen. And, it looked like it was going to. I mean, Cameron Smith had a big birdie on 11, gets within three. He's teeing off first on the par of 312, hits a god-awful shot that goes in the water. He ends up triple bogey in the hole. That just kind of took the air out of him, yeah. um, similar to what it did Jordan Spieth years ago, who uh, Jordan Spieth, speaking of him, didn't make the cut this week. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, who I picked to win, shot 12 over par, wasn't even close to making the cut. Brooks Kepka didn't make the cut. So definitely some big names didn't make the cut. Uh, one big name that did was Tiger Woods. Yeah. Which is pretty dang impressive after almost dying in a car accident. Just oh, absolutely. I mean, he and almost having his leg amputated too. He played pretty good round one. The rest of the week, he didn't play that great, but just to be out there, you could tell he was really enjoying himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there was times he's like, I'm never going to we'll potentially walk again. Yeah. Never going to play golf again. Never going to be at Augusta again. Here he was able to play 72 holes on an extremely tough golf course to walk. Pretty impressive. He uh, did say he will be at the Open Championship come uh, July when it's at St. Andrews because that's his favorite golf course in the world. But he did not commit yet fully to the PGA Championship next month. He said he'll do everything in his power to get ready. But I do like how he's not committing right away to tournaments. He's going to see how he feels. Because I don't think we're ever going to see Tiger back in near a full-time schedule like he used to no, be. He's got to no, pick and choose his spots. Yeah, he's he's going to come out for the big ones. He's going to come yep. out for the majors. Um, yep. And, um, yeah, which, I mean, he, he he could do that easily. He's made he's made enough money in yeah. his life. Right. Uh, but, yeah. And, I mean, he, he wants to stay healthy, too. Right. And, I mean, his kids are getting older. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of factors there. But he yeah, can- his – his son will be golfing there on the tour pretty dang soon. Yep, he's already uh, doing well in the junior circuit. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, but it was it was good for the game of golf to see him. And it still was very weird to me not seeing Phil Mickelson out yeah. there at all. I mean, first one since '94, and no idea when or if Phil's going to return to golf this year. So yeah, it's very very odd. But uh, fun Masters, a lot of interesting names that got into the top twelve, including ties. So they're back next year. Um, no matter what, but uh, hats off to Scotty Scheffler, man. I mean, if golf fans weren't a believer of the guy before now, they 
They better be yeah. after after this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Winning the Masters makes you a household name. It changes your sure. life. Yeah. I mean, it truly changes your life. So um I we we've talked about this a bunch, but what would your meal be? Uh he I mean the uh Hideki uh Hideki had a Matsuyama had an interesting one. He had Wagyu beef. Yeah, Wagyu, yeah. Which, um, which Jordan Spee said something like, well, I, no offense to anyone from Texas, but that's the best meat I've ever had. I, I've heard it's like unbelievable, <laughs> but I don't know. I would probably be, go. I, you know, Tiger 97 had like burgers, fries, and milkshakes. That's probably that something I do. Good, yeah. That's probably something I do. Um, there's chicken wings there's, or something. Yeah. There's no way it could be worse than Bubba Watson's when, when he had like chicken breast and mashed potatoes yeah. or something like that. Something boring. Uh, twice he did the same meal twice a friend of the podcast a former pga tour player and circle 15 owner chris smith actually had this on his podcast last week saying what mm. he'd choose he said he'd go all like indiana style ham bread tenderloins green yeah. bean casserole corn on the cob um what else uh, i don't remember what else he said and then anybody said uh he'd have a bush light keg and box <laughs> costco box <laughs> wine <laughs> It's the way to go. He said it would be a meal that would be talked about forever of a, <laughs> of a champion's dinner. But that, that's got to be one of the cooler traditions in sports. Absolutely. The champion's Absolutely. dinner. It's a private club. You know, the stories never really get out of what happens or goes on in there and what's yep. said or told. And it just is a, it's a really cool thing every year. Yep. That is pretty cool. Pretty neat. Yep. So, is that all you got uh, for that's, golf? That's all I got. Pretty quick and uh, sweet this week. Yes, sir. Uh, baseball started. Yeah. We have one undefeated team. Can you name them? No. The Tampa Bay Rays are 3-0. and Do I picked to win the World Series. <laughs> yeah, they, they were helped by uh, facing the Baltimore Orioles, who uh, turned around and got their first win today. They smacked the Brewers, didn't they? Against, yeah, against the Brewers. They are now 1-3. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, this is a Cubs report is what we call it. Um, <laughs> this is what I call it anyway. Uh, Cubs look pretty dang good. I'm pretty, pretty pleased with the way their first series of the year went. I mean, yeah, they more faced... positive tweets out of J-Man than yeah, negative. Yeah. So that's always I a mean, good sign. I've come in with zero expectations and it makes it so much more fun to watch because you're not expecting to win. Uh, especially, I mean, they became the first team since I think 1994 to start the season against three starting pitchers that were all-stars last year, uh, the previous wow. year. Uh, they faced Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and uh, Freddie Peralta. Um, the Cubs, in 12 and two-thirds innings against those guys, they had 13 hits, scored 13 earned runs, walked 12 times, only struck out 12 times, or walked 10 times, only struck out 12 times. Um, offense, much different profile. Now that they've traded some of those guys, Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Javi Baez, those guys away. Um they have guys that make a lot of contact. They'll sacrifice some power there. Um, but it has proven so far the first three games anyway, that they can grind out at bats, um, force the starting pitcher to throw a ton of pitches early um, and get them out of the game early. Uh, Burns, Woodruff and Peralta, none of them went more than five innings. Um, and I think Peralta, they knocked him out after four. Uh, Brandon Woodruff knocked him out after four. Uh, so they've been grinding out plate appearances and it's really been, Fun to watch so far. Uh, they've had some standout performers. Seiya Suzuki has been sensational so far. He's walked, I think, five times already. He's only struck out four times. He had a three-run bomb yesterday. The ball was hit at 114 miles an hour. I uh, hit it over 430 feet. And he became the fourth Cubs player ever uh, with six RBIs in their first three career games. You've heard of two of these guys. 
Uh, Jorge Soler did it in 2014. Starlin Castro did it in 2010. Of course, he had six RBIs in his first career game. Then Larry Hoffman, uh, the oh. Hoffman, back in um, 1901. I've never heard of him. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, offense so far has looked really pretty dang good. He's going to be a fan favorite, him. isn't he? Already is. He yeah. he's He's hilarious, too. They asked him um, – why he gave his first career hit ball to uh, his mom and dad. And he said, you know, I thought it was a really special moment uh, to be able to share that with uh, my parents. Also, I would definitely lose it and they will not lose that ball. So that's why I gave <laughs> this one. Um, so, so he's pretty funny. Uh, they asked him um, on, on the Jumbotron, they asked something about touring the United States, who he would like to take with or who he would want to give him a tour of the United States. And he said Beyonce, but his <laughs> wife wouldn't be too happy um, about that. His his wife was an Olympic gymnast for Japan for oh, wow. two, two Olympics. So pretty dang athletic family they have there. Yeah. Um, and he's he's played so well so far. You, you never know how Japanese uh, players are going to uh, translate their game into uh, facing major league pitching where the velocity is much higher, stuff's a lot better. But uh, so far... Uh, so good for Seiya Suzuki. Cubs uh, starting pitching has been good as well. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, Justin Steele, and Marcus Stroman uh, combined in 15 and a third innings to have a 1.17 ERA. Bullpen struggled so far. I think they have a pretty solid bullpen. It's just going to be uh, going to be kind of a struggle getting uh, guys you can trust out there right now. And Ross is just going to have to figure that one out, which I assume he will. Uh, but so far, so good. Taking two or three from the team that's projected to. Uh, when the division or be right up there is a, a pretty solid start for the Cubs. This isn't a fair question, especially because the Cubs just took two of three this weekend mm-hmm. and it's so early, but and this is, I don't know. My, my, when you said David Ross, my, this is just where my brain went. What do you think would have to happen for them to get rid of him? Or is there just um, no nothing outside he, of something off the field? He just signed a contract extension. Okay. Just like a month ago, I would okay. say, or maybe it was before the lockout. I don't remember. Um, it would have to be, they just don't trust him to develop the younger players. Cause they, they have some guys coming up that could be up this year. Um, which Ross, by all intents and purposes is a really good, uh, clubhouse guy. Um, players seem to love him and he seems like he's done a really good job with this group. The group's under talented. Um, I don't think there's a record that you put like, say the Cubs lose 90 games. He's for sure gone. I don't think they have that sort of benchmark he has to hit in order to be fired or retained or anything gotcha. like that. I, I just think they need to see some progress uh, with some of the younger guys. And I think uh, next year, uh, assuming all goes according to plan this year, they could uh, compete um, again for the NL central. They're two and one, obviously 159 games. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. overreact to winning the first series of the year. Uh, they did start two and zero for the first time since 2016 though. So that might, uh, that might mean something. Could be an omen. Yeah, it, it who, who do they got this week? Uh, they have Pittsburgh for two in Pittsburgh uh, starting tomorrow, and then they go to Colorado for four. Which they got old Chris Bryant already. Yeah, huh? old Chris Bryant who, uh, and who dropped two a of... fly ball yesterday that cost the Rockies three runs. But yeah, they took they took they two of the Dodgers. Three, so. uh, from the Dodgers, you know, yeah. Colorado's a real tough place to play. Cubs yeah. have not had much success there over the years. And I assume their pitching is just going to get banged around pretty good. Um, The Rockies offense isn't very good. Cubs offense isn't very good. Both teams will probably finish 
towards the bottom of their divisions um, you would think yeah. at the end of the year but crazier things have happened yep. but uh kind of glad cups are getting that series out of the way early yankees um, took uh two of three yeah from the red they, Sox. they got down early in the first inning game one came back and won in extras and then uh, one on Saturday as well, and then lost last night. Yeah, last night was frustrating. Um, I watched the last couple innings, and the Red Sox were just waiting on them for the mm-hmm. last three innings, and New York just couldn't yeah. capitalize. So, um, the Chicago White Sox are two and one. They uh, lost a heartbreaker in Detroit in Game One, um, blew a couple leads, and then Javi hits a ball Javi, off the wall yeah. that the the whole stadium thought AJ Pollock caught it, but it clearly hit the wall first. Uh, so that was kind of fun to watch. Um, other than that, though, a ton of rookies, and that's actually going to lead into my uh, word association here. I still have to do a book it as well. Actually, I'll do my book it right now. Um, Cubs play six games this week. I think they at least split uh, against <laughs> the uh, Pirates and Rockies. At least that's kind of what I'm – anytime you go on the road, you want to play 500 ball on the road and then above 500 at home, you're probably going to be pretty good. Obviously going to be pretty good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, Cubs split this week, go at least three and three. I don't think they'll go more than three and three, though. I will say that. J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering. For life, home, auto, business, renters, workers' comp, and farm insurance, contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. There have been how, a how did his reds? How did his reds do this week? Uh, Reds, I think, went two and two. Uh, yeah, they're two and two against the Braves. They had their top prospect, Hunter Green, start yesterday. He's throwing 102 miles an hour. Um, he's looking like he's going to be a future stud, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, they're two and two, which they'll actually screwed up, Jay. Man, they'll screw uh, up. They're, yeah, they'll be they'll probably be really bad anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, actually, with Hunter Green starting yesterday, this brings me into word association. I have some notable number one overall prospects in Major League Baseball that are that you would know uh, oh, okay. over the past uh, couple years here, um, starting with Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yeah, he's lived up to his hype. I mean, his daddy Absolutely. was an exciting player for us growing up to watch. What I always loved about Vlad was no batting gloves. Yeah. Uh, that was just a man's man, and yeah. he was fun with the Expos and then with the Angels, and and then he also played with the Rangers and in mm-hmm. the – um, he was with Baltimore for like Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't think of that. Um, time. Their body types could not be different. <laughs> no, no. Vlad senior <laughs> was so lanky and skinny and Vlad junior is just a little, he's got some beef on him for sure. They're not like the fielders who had similar body types. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Uh, Ronald Acuna. Um, exciting player. I'm mean, still mm-hmm. excited player for Atlanta. It was awful last year when his knee went out and his team still won the world series, but, uh, glad to see him back on or, is he back yet or got to be back no, soon? They Could hope be. he's back by June. Okay. Okay. Had so some pretty strong comments about Freddie Freeman uh, recently as well, about how he did not have a good relationship with Freddie at all. Uh, yep. which is kind of interesting to hear, but uh, yep. yeah. Um, hope to see him on the field soon. Uh, this one, I assume you'll know him, but I'm not sure. Andrew Benintendi. Heard the name, but I couldn't say yeah, anything. He's, Somebody has a cool a name. Yeah. He was out of Arkansas. Uh, the rest of the guys you should know. Corey Seager. Yeah, nails. I mean, he's been solid every year. Mm-hmm. Seems like since he's gotten the league. Yep. Chris Bryant. I mean, former MVP. Just a cool dude. Nice guy. Um, fan favorite everywhere he goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's already being loved in, in Colorado. And uh, I got a surprise for you one of these weeks on the podcast, Jay, man. Yeah, all right. Uh, Byron, Bo- oh, my gosh. Did you buy a Chris Bryant jersey? 
Maybe, maybe not. Oh my gosh, you are insufferable. You know that. I, I, I am a pretty, pretty bad guy. <laughs> Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton. Um, I always yeah, liked his name yeah. for one. Yeah. Um, but it's this is really bad. But who's he play on again? He's he's with the Twins. Twins. Uh, that's that right. Yeah. That's right. Twins. I couldn't remember. He hit a ball yesterday. It was a hundred mile an hour fastball letter high and he somehow hit it out. I have no idea how he did it. I remember him being on the cover of the prospect book. He used yes. To get, you know? Yep. Um, Bryce Harper. Oh, I mean, heard about the kid when he was like 14 years old yeah. on like uh sports social. I don't even know if it was up and comers or whatever it's called. He was yeah. supposedly hitting balls off the back of the wall in Tropicana with a metal bat and just yeah. ridiculous things. And he's lived up to the hype and probably more. He's very good and very fun to watch. Yeah, I have a couple more here. We only have four minutes left, so we got to make this quick. Jason Hayward. It's been in the league forever. Um, I mean, it was his twelfth consecutive opening day start. Good, good player, but mm-hmm. I really Not thought he was going to be one of the game's best until yeah. he got hit in the face. Yeah, yeah. he's still been good since, but it's really mm-hmm. definitely changed he's, him. I think he's been terrible for the past few years, anyway. Uh, Jay Bruce. Oh gosh, somebody I forgot about. I felt like I had to hear about him every week for a long yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dice K Matsuzaka. I thought about him the other day in the gyro ball. Yeah, gyro ball. I was trying to think. Good pitcher, but didn't live up to the hype. Yeah, he didn't live up to the hype at all. Uh, you're gonna love this one, Joe Mauer. <laughs> Pretty swing baseball. Yeah, Pretty swing of everything, everything circa J Josh J Man Munt in 2010. I choked so hard. <laughs> uh, Mark Teixeira, big Tex. Uh, last Yankee jersey I bought. Uh, yeah, he's a fun one. And, uh, I liked him as an in, in studio analyst, but yeah. um, I don't know. Does he still do that? I have no idea. I haven't seen him on anything no. lately. So he was an ESPN guy, and I try to yeah. stay away from ESPN when it comes to their baseball coverage. Yeah, probably pretty uh, smart. Yeah, Josh Beckett. Oh man, I I know he's a good Red Sox, but I think of that Marlins team in '03 yep. yeah. when he kind of arrived and uh, mm-hmm. him and Dontrell Willis and Miguel Cabrera and Mike Lowell and all those guys. Yeah, I'm trying you know, to think. They're here. Yeah, their pitching staff had like AJ Burnett, AJ Burnett, Carl, another one. Yeah, Pavano. Carl Pavano. Yeah, they were stacked. Yeah, I couldn't uh, tell you who was the closer on that team, but uh, oh, it was. Um, oh, they had Pudge Rodriguez too. I didn't even think about him. Yeah, Pudge. Yeah, wow. That was well, I don't remember their closer, uh, Josh Hamilton. Oh man, uh, the home run derby in the mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium. I mean, I know what a comeback story. I mean, he's wrote a book, you know, uh, but that Harmon Derby in 08 and Yankee Stadium was yeah. just unbelievable, even though he didn't win it. Yeah. Uh, final one here, Rick Ankiel. Oh, <laughs> oh, what a horrible pitcher, but a cool comeback story that yeah, he, he, he transformed into an outfielder. Great hitter when he yeah. was a pitcher, but gosh, he, uh, he was not good. I was just watching highlights of him the other day when his yips started in the postseason against the Braves. It was painful to watch. Yeah. Real painful to watch. Uh, yep. That's going to do it, though. And that is the Word Association segment, which is brought to you by Performa Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Performa Print 2 Promo Group has been in business for over 50 combined years in promotion, and they have experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call today at 574-210-3815. Hit me with that birdie bogey there, T-Dog. All right. So Frank Robinson is one of three guys that have eight opening day home runs. Who are the other two they have played during our lifetime? I'm going to go with King Griffey Jr. 
He has won. She at least Ooh. got a par. Um, Manny Ramirez. Not Manny. Good guess, though. Good Is it guess. A-Rod? Not A-Rod. Another good okay. guess. Big donkey Adam Dunn. Really? I would yes. not have guessed Adam Dunn. Yes. So, and Man, I'm guessing okay. both of them did most of theirs on the Reds. Probably eh, maybe Griffey with the Mariners. It seemed yeah. like he was always too hurt to play. Over that's game, true. Hamstrings. That's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good trivia. But question. you got a par, so we're still all knotted up at three over par. Hard. Thanks for watching the Tan and J Man Show live on the ISC Sports Network. We'll be back at it next Monday for another episode of the Tan and J Man Show. Have a fantastic week, everybody.